Today, Erdogan suffers another setback. South Korea and the US come to an agreement on nukes, and President Zelensky calls President Xi. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday, the 27th of April, 2023. With just over two weeks until Turkey's highly anticipated presidential and parliamentary elections, President Erdogan has hit a stumbling block as a stomach illness has forced him to cancel two days of crucial campaigning. As we reported in yesterday's video, Erdogan abruptly cut short a television interview on Tuesday, apologizing and blaming it on an upset stomach. On Wednesday, his campaign events were cancelled, and he tweeted that he would follow doctor's advice and stay at home to rest. In-person appearances by President Erdogan were also cancelled on Thursday. Most notably, Erdogan had been due to attend an opening ceremony at a nuclear power station in southern Turkey. The deputy chairman of the ruling AKP said that Erdogan would instead attend the ceremony via video link from home, and a planned rally in the area would be held at a later date. The nuclear plant, which is part Russian-funded and constructed, is set to be Turkey's first nuclear power station and is one of the AKP government's flagship infrastructure projects. With the May 14th election so close, Erdogan had been campaigning hard, with some days featuring three or more events. The cut-short interview and the cancellation of key events resulted in the internet becoming awash with misinformation. Twitter accounts spread unfounded theories about heart attacks, hospitalizations, and poisoning. Erdogan's head of communications shared a screenshot of some of the claims, adding that the government categorically rejects the baseless claims and that no amount of disinformation can dispute the fact that the Turkish people stand with their leader. President Erdogan and his AK party are set to win the May 14th elections. Now, putting that public confidence aside, polls show the presidential race being neck and neck, or Erdogan slightly behind, having been damaged by Turkey's ongoing economic trouble and the fallout from the devastating earthquake in February that killed more than 50,000 people. Opposition candidate Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu from the centre-left CHP may bring an end to Erdogan's two decades in power. He's supported by an ideologically broad six-party opposition coalition called the National Alliance, which includes secular, conservative and nationalist factions. The first round of the election will be held on May the 14th, with the possibility of a runoff later in the month if no candidate reaches 50%. Polls open today for Turks in Germany, the world's largest Turkish diaspora, where there are some 1.5 million eligible voters. Okay, so that's the main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. In the last few weeks, we've covered a number of different North Korean missile threats. In response to these, today, South Korea has agreed to a landmark nuclear deal with the US. Specifically, Washington has agreed to periodically deploy US nuclear-armed submarines to South Korea. They've also agreed to involve Seoul in nuclear planning operations. Prior to the deal, South Korea was concerned that Washington might abandon Seoul and were therefore contemplating developing their own nuclear weapons. As a part of the deal, Seoul has agreed not to develop their own nukes. The main purpose of the deal, though, is to try and make North Korea think twice about launching a nuclear attack on their southern neighbour. While many have hailed the new agreement, some simply aren't convinced. 
Critics have argued that while the agreement has symbolic value, the move is not exactly militarily sound. Nuclear subs can hit their targets from thousands of miles away, so sending subs serves no real purpose and actually could undermine their commitment to stealth. Docking your subs publicly in a foreign port tends to draw some attention. Nonetheless, both the US and South Korean president seem very content with the deal, with President Yoon serenading the US president at the end of his six-day visit to the US. The There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Now, this is particularly important right now too, as we're closing in a lot on 150,000 subscribers. So if you haven't already, please genuinely do consider subscribing. Chinese President Xi Jinping has held a telephone call with Ukraine's President Zelensky for the first time since Russia invaded more than a year ago. According to Zelensky, the call was long and meaningful, while Xi told Zelensky that China would not add fuel to the fire and said that negotiations were the only way out of the conflict. For a while now, Xi has resisted calls for him to speak with Zelensky, but now that the call has been made, he says it demonstrates China's objective and impartial position on international affairs. Zelensky announced after the call that Ukraine would send an ambassador to China, a post which had not been filled since February 2021. The Chinese government pledged to send a special representative to Kiev for talks about a possible political settlement. In a post-call statement, Zelensky said there can be no peace at the expense of territorial compromises and that Ukraine's territory must be restored within the 1991 borders. Western leaders welcomed the call, though somewhat cautiously with the White House saying it was too early to tell whether it would lead to a meaningful peace movement or plan. The German government said China had a special responsibility to end Russia's illegal war of aggression against Ukraine. Last night, MPs in the House of Commons in the UK gave their final approval on the controversial illegal migration bill, with 289 votes for and 230 votes against. The bill looks to change the law so that people who enter the UK seeking asylum but do so irregularly, can be removed to a third country. It also removes protection provided to suspected victims of modern slavery or human trafficking while their case is being heard. There were some hugely notable, and in some instances rather surprising, critics of the bill. This includes former Prime Minister and former Home Secretary Theresa May, who herself introduced hardline policies that related to immigration. She spoke out against provisions that would weaken modern slavery protections that she introduced. In the end, she did not vote for the bill and chose to abstain. In the debate, the current Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, suggested that those fleeing war or persecution should simply approach the UNHCR, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. The UNHCR, though, issued a statement insisting there is no mechanism through which refugees can approach UNHCR with the intention of seeking asylum in the UK. The bill now needs only to clear the House of Lords in order to make its way onto the statute book. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss people being laid off from Burger King. Last week, 26 Burger King locations were closed, mostly in Metro Detroit. In response to this, Stitzy, a cannabis brand in Michigan, offered jobs to laid-off employees. In addition to this, each worker has been offered $16 an hour for the day shift and $16.50 for the night shift, plus benefits. 
In total, Stitzy is offering to hire 200 of the 400 laid-off workers. However, if there is enough interest from other laid-off workers, it says it would hire the other 200 as well. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but the briefing isn't over. That's because we explain the UK's decision to block the Microsoft Activision acquisition in the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing only on Nebula. Before we go, don't forget that our show This Week in Parliament, which is our weekly rundown of what's really going on behind the doors of Westminster, is back and the next episode will be available only on Nebula on Sunday. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creative friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.